we're going to continue our conversation through Acts, which has been really encouraging. Um, but before we do that, um, as we always do, we'd like to make some, some recommendations towards some good resources. So, you start, Andrew. I'll start tonight. I want to recommend a book, a little, it's a short little blue book called Discipling. Um, and the subtitle is Helping Others Follow Jesus. It's a little book out of the Nine Marks of a Healthy Church series written by uh, a pastor named Mark Dever. And uh, it's a really, really, really practical book that I would recommend to you. You could read it, and if you sat down, you could read it probably in an hour or so. Um, so it's not, not going to take a lot of your time, depending on what kind of reader you are. Um, not going to take a ton of your time, or it may take you two weeks to get there. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but anyway, just really practical as to how we can um, intentionally make disciples and help others follow Christ. So um, I would recommend that whole series, but mm-hmm. specifically that book. I'll tag on and I'll add the evangelism one to that. Like, yeah. <clears throat> I think those two obviously would work um, really well to work study together, and read too. together. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. Very good. One's blue, one's red. So mm-hmm. both inexpensive, small, easy to get. So both of those. Anything we mention is available on Amazon too. So um, We need a late night store on Amazon. To put us I know. There. We do, man. Maybe we can, we'll get on that. Yep. Well, excuse my cough. Kurt was sneezing a little bit. I said only sneezed one time. He said he I doesn't really have a feel cold great. Day. No, I, I, worry, I think I'm really good. I worry that he's sick. I'm he not. Don't worry good. about me. Yo. I have I'm a okay. cold. You guys can worry about me. I've been coughing really bad. Adrian is going to have a cold for the next four months for anybody who's here. <laughs> this is uh, it's that time of year, man. It's that time of year. This is what you sound like. Just tries to, to keep me down. So. Anyway, we'll persevere on to Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15. So let's turn there, and we'll get right to work. <coughs> oh, wonderful, wonderful passage tonight in the book of Acts. We've been seeing the last couple weeks um, the apostles to cont- uh, continuing to proclaim the gospel, to get the gospel um, out and, and onward and proclaim it with, with perseverance amidst a lot of persecution, and um, we've seen different responses to the gospel. We've seen some people respond with belief, um, and we see others respond in rejection, but not just rejection, um, as we saw last week, violence. Hostility. Um, yeah, Paul being left for dead, um, stoned to the point of they thought he was dead. So, um, But through it all, though, we, we've seen a couple, of, a couple of themes. The Spirit continues to work mightily through His Word. Um, we see the, the perseverance of the apostles to continue to preach and not to, uh, you know, tuck, tuck tail and run. And then last week we even saw the church celebrates this work um, um, in light of all the, the negatives that maybe seem to be surrounding um, the work. The church still uh, praises and, and celebrates what God is doing. So um, that's where we are, continuing to see the spread of the gospel through the early church. Would you add anything to that? No, I think that's a great <clears throat> Yeah, summary. so tonight we come to Acts chapter 15, um, and we see the gospel called into question. Um, what is the true gospel? Does Is, is, is the gospel really um, uh, by grace through faith alone, or is it something else? And there, we're going to see this, this, this thing called the Jerusalem Council, this, this meeting uh, put together to basically 
decide this, right? Can these Gentiles that the gospel is reaching, can they really, can they really be saved um, without some of the, the Jewish customs that we'll see tonight? Um, so they're going to decide. What are they going to decide? Uh, what's the testimony of the apostles going to be? And um, how do they... Uh, how do they resolve it? So as we work through this passage tonight, I think a lot of the things that are that are relevant here are are as to us the same. Um, do we uh, do we trust the gospel alone um, to be the power of God unto salvation? Yeah, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about what that means to say that we trust in the gospel alone. Right? There's that's a huge distinction that we want to begin to wrap our minds. Around understanding the difference between trusting the gospel for salvation and trusting the gospel alone for salvation. That's a huge distinction, and we're going to address that a little bit tonight. Yeah, through one word, alone. Alone, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and this whole issue of contending for the gospel. You know, I think of Paul's words to Timothy. He tells him to contend for the faith, right? We see the apostles standing up to contend for the gospel tonight. And, you know, the call is the same for you and I. Um, in the conversations that we have, um, maybe in some, some larger dialogues that we may be in, um, or uh, I don't know what the, the, the context may be, but we're called to do the same, to, to stand for the gospel, to contend for the gospel, and to, when the, when the gospel is called into question, to fight for what it really is. Yeah. And, and so that's very, very applicable for us tonight. So we're going to look at verses 1 through 35 of Acts chapter 15. Since I have a coal, I want you to read that. A coal? So. Duh. Duh. Cold. Duh. Not a C-O-L-E. Um, All right. 15, 1 through 35. Let's let's talk about the structure really quick before you read. It'd be helpful. Yeah, so we we said last week, since we're doing larger passages, to to look at the structure of of our passages each week is helpful. So so you'll notice in the first, um, you know, uh, the first five or six verses, uh, this issue of, of... uh, is, is called into question. Is, is circumcision needed uh, along with faith, or the, is this needed for Gentiles? Um, then, verses six through eleven, Peter stands up, gives a defense of the gospel. Um, James chimes in after this in verses uh, twelve down through um, uh, twenty-one. Twenty-one. Um, then they make a decision. They make this decision that, um, that, that they kind of rule on and then and then scheme this letter that they're going to send out to basically report what they've decided on. So so follow the, the pieces of the, the, uh, the structure tonight as we read through this. Sounds good. Hey, let's read together. Beginning in verse 1 of Acts chapter 15. But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according... To the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension uh, and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and to the elders uh, about this question. So being sent on their way by the church, they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all the brothers. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders 
uh, and they declared all that God had done with them. But some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, It is necessary to circumcise them uh, and to order them to keep the law of Moses. Verse 6. The apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider this matter. And after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you, that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us, And he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. And all the assembly fell silent. And they listened to Barnabas and Paul as they related what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. After they finished speaking, James replied, Brothers, listen to me. Simon has related uh, how God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. After this, I will return, and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. I will build its ruins, and I will restore it, that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord, and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from of old. Therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God, but should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols and from sexual immorality and from what has been strangled and from blood. For from ancient generations, Moses has had in every city those who proclaim him, for he is read every Sabbath in the synagogues. Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas, called Barsabas, and Silas, leading men among the brothers, with the following letter. The brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Sicilia. Greetings. Since we have heard that some persons have gone out from us and troubled you with words unsettling your minds, although we gave them no instructions, it has seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same things by word of mouth. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood, 
and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. So when they were sent off, they went down to Antioch, and having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. And when they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. And Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, encouraged and strengthened the brothers with many words. And after they had spent some time there, they went. Uh, they sent. Um, they were sent off in peace by the brothers to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, thanks for our time together tonight and for your word. We pray that you will open our eyes and our hearts um, to understand what you would have to say to us and that we might seek to, in turn, uh, apply it appropriately uh, in our lives to the glory of your name. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So as Kirk read, a uh, lengthy passage tonight again, but you see how that structure that we talked about really plays itself out. Just to kind of go over it again, um, we see this this issue that comes up in the first the first couple of verses of chapter 15 of uh, the issue of, of do these Gentile believers have to keep uh, in a custom with the law of Moses and also be circumcised? And this is an issue verse one of, of can they be saved without doing this or not? Mm -hmm. And uh, so the, the issue is really caused into question is circumcision needed in verses one through five. And then uh, the, the apostles, the elders gather together to consider this. So they have this, this council, this meeting and Peter stands up and takes the lead as the, the, the spokesman, you know, again, and basically, uh, gets into a, a defense of the gospel and says that look, this is not about uh, this is not about keeping the law in any way, um, uh, nor is it about about circumcision. Um, that that there is there's one thing that matters now, and it's it's faith. It's mm. it's this is a gospel of, of grace by faith. Um, and he says in verse 11, man, we believe that we'll be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. Right. So there's, he may say, so there's no distinction here. Yeah. Right? There's a lot that's going on in this first yeah. passage. Like there's yeah. a lot that we need to understand historically and contextually in order to really begin to wrap our arms around what's going on here. Right. Think about what, um, the people of God have been practicing, for all of this time, and, and even the expectation of those who, prior to um, the, the crucifixion of, of Jesus and his resurrection, right, in this new way, think about how those outside of the people of God were to experience entrance into, right? It was through this series of, um, of, of, of requirements, these practices that they submitted themselves to in order to become a part of this people. And so now, as we come into this portion of Acts, we're seeing that they're beginning to ask these questions like, okay, do they still need to do these things? Like, we've been doing these things. These things were given to us. By the Lord, they were expected that we might live in obedience to them. Are these people now required to do the same things that we have been doing, that we were given? Right. And then the way that it's answered is beautiful, because when we see it at the end, verse 11, you brought it up. But we believe that they will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just 
as they will, right? We believe that we will be saved not through practice or, or ritualistic tradition, but instead through belief, through faith, just as they were. And so it's it's a total flipping of the script, right? Do we see that? Like how it's 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 totally this is changing everything. This is a really big deal. Yeah. And it's you know, it's it's not crazy that this is called into question. You know, as you said, this is a uh, this law was given by the Lord and and was to be kept uh, by God's people. So as as we we're experiencing um, the the spread of the gospel to all nations now, not just the Jewish people, some of these questions are not crazy questions. Right? They're they're you know we have to have a bit of um, sympathy for. The fact that these are issues because of the long-standing Jewish history that God's people have. Yeah, there's this expectation that when God provides a particular piece of information and then calls his people towards obedience in that, that they will submit themselves to it and they will practice it, right? And so now to be thinking about, okay, wait a second. Are we still – like that's gone? Like we've our people have been doing this – for a very, very, very long time, and now we're just not doing it anymore. Right. It's it's a it's an issue. It's yeah. a it's a problem for a lot of people. Right, and it's ultimately a problem of of unbelief because we do know that the gospel that Jesus preached was not a gospel of, of works and keeping uh, the law of Moses, good as it may be, but. Uh, a gospel of grace, not based upon your works, but based upon his work and, yeah. and, and, and freely accepting that by faith. So really the, the, the question at hand is, is the work of Jesus enough? Is it enough alone or do we, do we need other things? Is uh, us uh, is, is circumcision or or somehow uh, other ways that we could keep the law needed to also supplement the gospel. Do you guys get that? Do you understand Everybody what follow. we're saying here? Like, are we following mm-hmm. along? Is the gospel alone enough? Is faith enough? Or is there this expectation for practice yeah. in addition to what has yeah. been done? So, so let's role play this for a second. Kurt comes and begins to give testimony of, of, of what God's doing now among the Gentile people, which were, but when we say Gentile, we're talking every non-Jewish person in the world, but, but specifically the Jewish were, 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 were pagans. Like they, they were, they were not the people of God. So, so we, Kurt begins to give testimony of what God is doing, um, by way of, of, of Cornelius and, and, and the, the gospel work among the Gentiles. Clear illustrations yeah. and examples of God pouring out his yeah. spirit, right? Think about what we've seen. God has been at work among the Gentile people. As we've read through the past few chapters, yeah. we've seen entire families saved yeah. in supernatural ways, right? <coughs> Visions on rooftops that lead people to like other, houses where they're like hey we knew you were coming let's believe right like it's just this incredible thing that god's doing and and amidst his testimony of what god's doing among these people i'm verse five (laughs) i'm 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 maybe of the the party of of the pharisees who um who, who who rise up and say no like no way it is necessary yeah it is necessary uh, that these people must uh, must be circumcised. Now they, they have to, to do this. They have to do this yeah. in 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 uh, addition yeah. to what you're saying has has already taken place. So there's not faith. this outright denial of the benefit. It's not the full benefit, but the benefit of the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. There's not an outright denial of that. Mm-hmm. 
as much as there is, and we know that it is, okay, it is yeah. now, it's not, it's yeah. a failure to recognize the sufficiency, yeah. the true sufficiency yeah. of what Jesus has done. But there's this, okay, we're not denying the benefit of that, but you now are. you've got to do this. Yeah, the end of verse five, you also got to keep the law. Yeah, of it's hey, that what Jesus did, like dying on the cross, rising back from the dead, right? That's great. But now we're, got, we, we're bringing this along with us. We're yeah. tacking this on. And this is, this is an issue, guys, that that is that is true for us too. Um, I want to highlight a couple passages. I think the book of Galatians um, comes comes aside this debate, this argument as to what is the true gospel um, really well. I jotted down a couple of, of verses in Galatians that inform the heart of getting the gospel right. And Paul writes to them uh, of, of, of the importance of the true gospel. Um, in chapter 1, verse 6, he says, I'm astonished that there's that you're so quickly deserting him who, who called you uh, by the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel, that there is there's not another one. Not that there is another one, but there's some who would trouble you to distort the gospel of Christ. He says over in chapter 2, verse 21, he says, I do not nullify the grace of God, for it is righteousness through, if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. So Paul's saying, look, if this if this gospel is about keeping the law too, and you can have somehow attain righteousness through that, then why did Jesus have to die? Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a continued theme. He says in chapter 3, verse 1, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? He says, are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, you are now being perfected by the flesh. And he just, I could go on and on through the book of Galatians, but Paul, there's this, there's this tension that that it's not, it's not ultimately figured out here in Acts 15, but we see it continue through yeah. through his ministry in the churches. That the tension of what is the true gospel is the gospel by Christ's work alone, through faith right. alone, by grace alone, or is it? Is it something that you have to do as well? Yeah, and so whereas we said initially, upon first reading through this passage, you might say, okay, well, this doesn't look like they're denying the work of Jesus. But in denying its full sufficiency, they're failing to recognize it for what it truly is, the only means of salvation, right? Like that's what's happening here. And so in saying, hey, like – that's great, but you need this as well. They're denying the, the sufficiency yeah. of the entire thing, which is what Paul references there in Galatians. Yeah, yeah. Anything less than a gospel by grace alone through faith alone is a false gospel. Yes. And it's an affront to the work of Christ. Yes. That's what Paul says. Like, why did Jesus An anathema. Him? Yeah. Right? It's, a, it's an anathema. Wow. That's what he says. That's a good word, man. Yeah. That's a good word. They're to be accursed, yeah. right? If that's an idea, that that's an ideology that's embraced, yeah, then it's it's one that is to be accursed. And Paul has no room. No, like, no. he has no room for this kind of stuff. If you want to read through the Pauline writings, man, and you want to see what ticks Paul off more than anything, yeah. it is this issue. Right. It's this issue of, of the rejection of the sufficiency of Absolutely. the sacrifice of Christ. So talk just a little bit about, we, we, we talked about in the beginning, um, the need for the word alone in our belief 
um, of, of of several doctrines of faith, but but specifically the gospel by grace alone through through faith alone. So I, I know you're going to share a little bit, but just just kind of talk through that for a second. Yeah. Okay. So why is that word alone something? Is that a hill that we're like willing to die on? And I think that the argument that is being made from uh, from these guys here in Acts chapter 15, and it's being made by Paul in his letter to the Galatians, is yes, that when we talk of salvation by faith, we must, as Protestants, as evangelicals, include within that this idea of faith alone, that faith alone is capable of bringing about regeneration within our hearts, right? That if there is not that, if there's not that word alone, if we are not tacking that on there, then there's lots of room for the development of other ideas. In fact, I want to read an excerpt and it's, I'm so glad that you read from Galatians because this, he's going to touch on this. This is from a guy named R.C. Sproul and, um, (coughs) Incredible guy. Read anything you can by him. Grown an incredible amount under his under his writings and under his ministry. Um, but he talks about it, the, the issues and separations that exist between Protestantism and. Rome, the Catholic Church, okay, and how there is this distinction between Protestantism and Catholicism on this issue of alone. In fact, I'm going to read an excerpt in just a moment, but the Catholic Church has deemed salvation by faith alone as a heretical thought, a heretical idea that it's not true, right? And so let's flush out the implications of that. Can I read this? Do we have time? You guys cool with this? This is legit. Just lean in and listen to this. Um, he, he's, he's referencing, um, he's, he's speaking in light of what we see in Galatians 1, 6 through 10, which is what Andrew started to read. I marvel that you're turning away so soon from him. Here's what he says. He says, here the apostle uses strong language to condemn the perversion of the gospel. And so he says that this idea that we're seeing presented here in Acts chapter 15, is a perversion. It's an affront to the gospel. He insists that there is only one gospel. The gospel he labors, uh, he belabors in his letter to the Galatians is the gospel of justification by faith. He says the Judaizers, Judaizers were corrupting that gospel by adding works to it. Twice, Paul pronounces an apostolic curse on this distortion using the Greek word from which we get the English word anathema, accursed, right? Boom, accursed. There it is. Listen to what he says later on, continuing on. At the Roman Catholic Council of Trent in the 16th century, Rome condemned the reformed doctrine of justification by faith alone and declared it an anathema. Okay, are we following along here? They did this because they were convinced that the Reformed doctrine was another gospel, a distortion of the biblical gospel. The Reformers believed that in condemning justification by faith alone, the Roman Roman, uh, communion was in fact condemning the biblical gospel itself. If justification by faith alone is indeed the biblical gospel, then Rome, by condemning it, condemned herself. Although Rome has maintained a strong commitment to many essential truths of the Christian faith at Trent, she rejected the article on which the church stands or falls, and Rome therefore fell 
as a church. Those are massive implications, right, for the rejection of this idea that justification, salvation, redemption is realized by faith alone. That's why the alone is such a big issue. I know. And it's so interesting that the Catholic Church, who claims Peter as their first pope, would take that stance when Peter... Is the, passage, one is the one who stands up and gets it right. Yes, notice, absolutely. Notice what Peter. Notice Peter's defense of the gospel. Um, look at verse six. The apostles, the elders, were gathered together to consider this matter. Um, and after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them. So notice the notice the details. Notice the observations in these next verses, down through verse eleven, of all that Peter brings up. Verse seven. Uh, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, Mm. just as he did to us. Mm. So, So he brings up all of these new converts that have come through the preaching of the gospel that we've seen in the book of Acts. He he says, look, like, look at this. Yeah. This is what God has been doing really from the beginning. Yeah, and there's this recognition. Peter confesses it here, this recognition from God of the condition of the human heart, yeah. right? This, this yeah. faith that is present that gives way <clears throat> to a regenerated heart. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Look at verse 9. And then he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. You see, the gospel is not prejudiced towards a race. It's not prejudiced towards towards people, mm. but 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 it's available for all. The gospel of Jesus knows knows no prejudice. It's, 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 it's the same gospel. Peter says, "Look, the same gospel you have believed is this gospel that is now reaching the Gentiles. How by faith, yeah. by faith." So there is this circumcision that has happened, right? I'm not going to get into the graphic details and purposes of circumcision here tonight, but 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 for the, but for a, 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 a law of, of cleanliness, right? Uh, Paul uh, Peter says at the end of verse nine that there has there has been a circumcision that has taken place, yeah. but it is a circumcision of the heart. Yeah, yeah. it is a cleansing of the heart that yeah. has taken place. And think about the implications um, the of all that's being said there, right? Whereas circumcision is initially this sign, this symbol that demonstrates one's. Um, a commitment to, right, and and participation within the people of God, now we see that there is this internal work that, that is accomplished by yeah. grace through faith in which the heart is transformed, That's right? right? That the, right. The, it's no longer an, an external act, but it's an internal work. The heart right. is right. circumcised. So the heart of God's people are now uh, is now made alive, right. and, it, and, it, and it is different, yeah. right? It has been remade. It is alive now. Yeah, doing what the law could never could do. Never do. Exactly. Verse, Romans, Romans uh, yeah. 8, 1 and 2 and 3, right? This is, this is what he says in verse 10. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by place, placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? So he's like, why, why go back? Like, the, look, the gospel changes people, yeah. right? From the inside out, something the law could never do. That we so, could never do. We could never. Our, our fathers tried. We've tried. No one could do this. But yeah. praise be to God through his glorious gospel of grace. It's now like people can change yeah. through his. So why do we go back? And he, he, he refers to what Jesus says that, that this gospel is not a yoke. Yeah. Right? That, that, that uh, Jesus himself says this in the gospels. And he says, he, he says, you know, that through this, you're putting God to the test. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I was reading in a, in, a, in a note this afternoon that the same word test here is the word used in Acts 5 when Sapphira robs God and dies. And how did that turn out, right? She dies. Drag him out. So we see here the serious nature of of getting the gospel wrong. Yeah. Um and 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 at the heart of what it um of what it does. Yeah. He says in verse eleven in this beautiful uh just declaration, but we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus just as they will. Yeah. So he says, look, as certain as our salvation is, we believe the same for them. Well, and as sure, he almost says, it's <clears> almost <throat> the reverse of that. It's almost as sure as I am about the salvation, salvific work that has taken place in them. My hope is that it'll take place in our yeah, people. Because because if they're not able to be saved by this by, by this work, neither are we. Yeah. And the gospel is, Absolutely. is, is powerless. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Paul, I mean, Peter gives us this wonderful defense of the gospel that shows us that, look, the gospel unto the nation. Nations for Jew and Gentile has been God's plan all along, and through the through uh, through the powerful work of Christ, we are now seeing it come to pass. And and anything less than that is a gospel that is false, and as we said uh, earlier, is an affront to Christ. Um, then verse twelve, uh, all the assembly fell silent. <laughs> yep. but Paul and Barnabas go, "Hey, we can throw something in too, man. Let me tell y'all what God's been doing through our ministry." It's like we believe everything Peter said, and here's why we believe it: because God has been doing some amazing signs and wonders um, as we've been ministering through the Gentiles too. So it's like I'm gonna save the sermon, but let me tell y'all what He's been doing, like yeah. to, to to further prove and validate this ministry to the Gentiles and what God is. Is in fact doing among the Gentiles, and then James is like, "Well, hang on, I got a word too. Like, let me, let me, let me, uh, let me speak a word." <laughs> and uh, uh, he goes, "Look, Simon, Simon did it well, um, but also I want to, I want to quote the Old Testament here for a second. And he quotes Amos. This is Amos chapter nine and verse fifteen. He says, "After this, I will return and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen." Man, y'all, this is the, this is the great uh, prophetic word of the Lord that he's going to rebuild his people, right? He's going to rebuild the kingdom of David that has fallen. I'll rebuild its ruins, ruins and restore it. That Here we go. That the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord. So the, 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 the continued people of God who will, will, will be and God will continue to do his work through. They'll seek the Lord and, listen to what he says, all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from old? So it's like it's been the plan all. Along. Yeah, this isn't uh, this isn't an audible at the line, right? This and it shouldn't catch us off guard. We shouldn't be surprised. Let's look back and let's see, you know, and read how the Lord has said that He yeah, would do this. Yeah. So then He says, "Look, because of this, verse nineteen, my judgment is that we should not we should not trouble those Gentiles who are turning to God. Like, don't throw." Uh, don't throw hindrances in their way Roadblocks, to, to their runs. faith. This is not what we need to do. So, praise the Lord. Like We, we sit um, in the benefit of this decision in some ways as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that we have the word of God to confirm that the gospel of, of grace alone through faith is enough. Mm-hmm. That it is orthodox. It is truth. Um, and it is able to save not only Jew but Gentile. Um, and, and knows no distinction um, among groups and, and races and 
Uh, it's a gospel for all. This is good news. Mm. This is part of the good news of the gospel. So that's really the first part, right? Part one. How's everybody Man, feel? We settled it. <laughs> the gospel alone is enough, right? Yeah. I told Kurt this morning. I heard somebody preach this passage one time, and the title was um, "Things that Things that all not had to be said need to be said." <laughs> you know, and we have one of those here that, like, we can look on this and be like, "Well, like, yeah, like, how did they miss this?" Right? But, yeah. but y'all, the same is true for us. I mean, there's a lot of people who miss the gospel now, and we think, "Man, like, should we really be talking about this?" Like, surely we know what the gospel is, right? But things that that all not have to be said really, most of the time, probably need to be said, mm. um, especially in, in the culture as we know it today. So then it, it flips, and we really have the second half now of that we're going to do a lot quicker, but they, they decide to say, not only are we going to tell everybody that the Gentile ministry is good, like keep doing it. Um, you know, you don't have to be circumcised. You don't have to keep the law of Moses, but they also put in the letter that there are some things we want you to do, um, that, that, uh, are going to help or behavioral. Um, and so we, we kind of have to ask the question, like why this letter and why these, these four things. So, so here are the things they say, look, you don't have to be circumcised, but here's what we we don't want you to do. Letter within a letter. And he right? mentions these four things. Yeah. Um, don't eat meat that's been sacrificed to idols. So in in uh, uh, that, that's a no no. Pagan a, temples yeah, where meat's will, been offered. Uh, and then so they would offer all this meat. Uh, to, to don't, idols, don't drag it home and throw and some then, burgers on like, the grill. You could get that stuff like way discount, discount back door <laughs> food depot type deals. So people would, you know, pick up some cheap meat on the way home. They're like, look, I got no problem. I don't buy the whole idol thing. Whatever. I just want some just cheap steak to some, tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they say, don't do that. Um, another one is is don't eat anything with blood in it, right? Which is a, a, a no no. Um, the third one is to. to don't any, eat anything that's been improperly butchered. Strangled. Strangled. Okay. Yeah. Now what you're going like, this is odd, right? But all this is all this is if Leviticus. The na- <laughs> if the nature boy choked this one out, you need to pass uh, it. Read Leviticus uh, 17, 18. You, this, this is all covered there. And then the last one is sexual immorality, which is very unlike these other three food laws. Yeah, yeah. Like, man, why – why say that? Like, surely everybody knows to be, you know, sexually moral um, and not immoral. And and so, so they, they say these things, they put it in the letter, and they begin to circulate this letter. All right, they send it out to these places. Here's what we've decided, but also don't do these things. So let's talk as we, as we kind of get ready to land the plane of why this ending on this letter. Why are these things um, included in? Um, why are these things included? <laughs> Maybe the, before we do that, talk about the a little bit of the tension that makes this a little bit hard to understand. Well, I think there's we've seen this big the whole first part is made up of this debate concerning the law. like the law and its, <laughs> right. its place and practice in the life of God's people now, right? Like if faith is sufficient yeah. in and of itself for salvation, then why well, why, why is there not this just yeah. total freedom to yeah. just do you know? So everybody, everybody follow, right? So we're saying that you don't have to do you don't have to be circumcised, but like. Don't eat that, you know. Well, that's part of the law too. Like, does it even? Does so, it are even we picking matter? and choosing here? Yeah. What is this all yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. So that's the the thing that we want to kind of deal with. And and to be honest, there's some people that think that 
there's some comment Bible commentators that think that they shouldn't have even added this part to yeah. the to the to the letter. It's like, well, what, I mean, you know, we're gonna talk about why it's there, but like, look, like, why was this? Man, if we got the biggest issue of all settled, like, can't we get over like Kirk eating idle meat or like a raw steak? Like, I, I gotta be okay with that, but. Um, they included. <laughs> we, were, we were talking before, and uh, there's a guy named James Montgomery Boyce who's a Bible commentator, and he said, if I was there, I would have told him not to write that letter. <laughs> yeah. so like, I, he would have just like, don't, don't, just, put like in the letter. don't even put that there. Like, yeah. Don't worry with all that. But he said, hey, man, I trust like I trust the word the of, the of, the the of the wisdom of the apostles. Yeah. Um, so so here's, here's what we have to say, is that there's this issue of maintaining unity among the body that is partly into uh, into question here that that there's some uh, there's some um, new Jewish converts that because of their conscience would have would not even be able to to eat a meal with someone who was was having meat that had been bought uh, that was sacrificed to idols or or meat that had been butchered improperly it shows or us how deep and, the roots go yeah. for the Jewish Christians yeah, right yeah. who now this is going to which again it, they get the issue of the heart right because they they're going to they they yeah. get they don't go after the circumcision fight right, right so much right. but but they are requesting these certain things it shows how deep the roots go yeah. in terms of practice yeah. and and so so because fellowship because they would have been like man I'm not eating with you I can't I can't do can't it right I'm not there, I'm not there yet um Paul talks about this in Corinthians a lot and he 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 treats this as an issue of a of a, a stronger brother and a uh, excuse me, a lesser brother, and and in the case that maybe I couldn't, I couldn't have a meal with Kirk if, if he did that. Then, then because in my in my mind and my heart, I would be considered the the lesser brother who who uh, you know would would not be able to fellowship because of that. Kirk, even though he would have Christian liberty to to eat that meat, that, that he should abstain from eating that meat to not break fellowship with me, who who had an issue. Right or wrong, you know, if I should or not, the, the bigger issue is that I want out of love and charity and, and, and maintaining the unity to give up my Christian liberty with the meat, uh, not to, not to uh, break fellowship with a brother. So that's part of the reason why these things are on here. They're going to go back to Antioch, and and, and we see in verses thirty through thirty-five, man, they're all encouraged and they're happy. They're and, super pumped about know, getting circumcised. I think. Yeah. So so and and in part of that, we got to say that the encouraging response that everybody's happy is no doubt possibly because of of these these three these four uh, laws that are there. The other side of that, though, is this: is that all of these practices. Because the other side of this, you got to say, well, what about the sexual immorality? Like, that has nothing to do with eating meat, and like, surely everybody's clear on that one. Well, we also have to think that all of these practices, the the issue of, of, of the, the, the food laws and the, the same from sexual immorality, would have been pagan temple practices mm-hmm. that these Gentiles would have, have been involved in prior to yeah their, their conversion. And as we might call it, saved out of, right? These are behaviors left behind now that they are following Christ. So in an effort to, to be completely cleansed of their old way of life and to not uh, have the temptation to slide back into part, 
parts of their paganism. Uh, they put this. They put these things in this letter to again uh, help them maintain holiness yeah. and um, the called outness of their new lives in Christ. Yeah. Um, because all of these were practices in pagan temples. Man, they they sacrificed the, the meat to idols and then you know have no problem with. It. There were temple prostitutes. Prostitu- uh, um, uh, prostitution ran ran rampant in in pagan temples. So all of this, we can read about this in Corinthians as well. Um, all of these were issues that are not only not, not only do we get the doctrine right of the gospel alone, but also the letter includes some sanctification issues, some yeah. some walking in holiness issues for the set apart people of God. So when we take these two ideas together, we we can really understand why. Why these sanctions, if you will, are on the end of the letter. Does that make sense? It's kind of an odd end to the letter, and we want to acknowledge that. Um, and acknowledge that there is good reason for it, it to be there, I think. Yeah. Would you add anything to that? No. I have a quote um, I, I would read. I just saw a note here. I'm going to pull it up. Um, I, I, I had a quote. Um, this is from... Um, this is... Uh, his last name's uh, Thomas. He says this. Pull my phone. He said, we should truly be thankful that the council reached these conclusions. He says, number one, the gospel was at stake. Um, the concerns of the church in Jerusalem were genuine. Um, as were those of the men from Antioch. These men reached a conclusion um, of, of charity, um, where there was a matter of principle, uh, where the matter of principle was at issue, um, they were, uh, were were stern, they were adamant, and they were also charitable where there wasn't an issue at principle. Right, so this issue of of the laws and keeping the laws that that they man they, they didn't they didn't necessarily have to be adamant on this they were and he says they were out of charity and love he says this is an example of how church business should be conducted of how we should we should stand on the things that are absolutes but where there is maybe some room for disagreement oh, maybe some room for uh, even even denominational differences or what have you. He says, but we should be gracious with one another. Make sure that we stand together on the things of absolute orthodox and, 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 and doctrine. Um, but you know what? On, on other issues, we probably need to be a little bit more gracious. Than major on the majors, the man. Because if yeah. you're majoring on the minors all the time, like people aren't going to listen to you. That's right. <laughs> you know, That's like right. if, you, if, that, if you're going to kick over every anthill, yeah. make a big deal about That's it, right. it's going to affect like your ability to speak <clears throat> Honestly, you know, and strongly towards yeah. the major issues. Yeah, yeah. if you're, <laughs> I said this earlier today with an issue. Uh, if, if you're constantly asking the questions that nobody cares about or that nobody knows the answers to, just for that sake alone, like you're not, you're not clever. You're, you're irrelevant most of the time. And annoying. I'll add that. And too. really annoying. Yeah. And really annoying. So, so let's say a few things. Maybe as we we think about the heart of this passage. Um. What do we see? What, what's happened? Um, the gospel's been reaffirmed, right? That's good news. Um, the unity of the church has been safeguarded and maintained. Um, evangelism, like church planning, all of this, all this ministry to the Gentiles, man, it can continue with um, certainty. 
um, man, what an encouragement to the Gentile churches, right? That that you that you're you're right, man. That you don't have to keep the law, and that you can continue in the grace of the Lord and let it abound. Oh man, what an, an encouragement! But I think the last thing I'll say is that I think the uh, in some ways, as Sproul says, that the Church of Rome condemned itself at Trent. I think at the Jerusalem Council, the Church of Jesus affirmed itself and guaranteed its its future. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, so those are the things that we see at work. That's the heart that, that seems to be going on of uh, in this passage. In this passage. Yeah. So those are things we got to believe, Riley, about Acts chapter 15. But what do we what do we do? What do we do beyond our belief in light of this passage? Well, I think one thing that we do is we pursue unity, right? Yeah. Like we the 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 affirmation of these doctrinal truths, right, that are foundational to our faith encourage us towards and compel us towards unity within the body. Absolutely. Right? And Absolutely. so um, play nice, right? Get along. Um, well, work, and f- for the sake of working together, yeah, yeah, there's gospel work to be done. There's not time to to argue over petty differences uh, when there's this true gospel that we all stand on at stake. Here. Understand the open-handed issues and the closed-handed issues, yeah. right? The ones that you can you can take them or leave them, yeah. right? Like yeah. that there's room for right. interpretation, mm-hmm. and then understand those in which no, like there's no room yeah. in this. So we can we can have differences on even what we wear to church, modes of baptism, um, translations of the Bible, maybe, but we're not even going to be able to like fellowship together if we can't affirm the gospel of grace alone. Yeah, um, the salvation is through. Um, through faith and not by words. Yeah, yeah. And I think one thing that we can add to this, one thing that we've seen tonight is um, there is this need to embrace um, the the inerrancy and the infallibility of Scripture, right? We have to believe that God's Word is eternally true, right? Um, that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of the Lord stands forever, <clears throat> and that it is true, right? And that it is, does not need to be reinterpreted, um, and it does not need to be adjusted, right, to where we make more room, but it just needs to be proclaimed as it is, right? Because if we affirm those things, that we come to Acts chapter 15, and we have a lot of things that are really cleared up for us, and going out tomorrow and <clears throat> making disciples and evangelizing the lost becomes much easier and much more clear. So contend for this gospel, um, affirm this gospel, preach this gospel um, to all nations, to all people. Um, yes. So let's pray that the Lord will help us to do that. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for uh, how it affirms to us how to believe rightly and how to um, respond in obedience rightly, Lord. Um, so God, I pray that you would help us to to live in obedience to the, to the passage that we've seen tonight. Help us to contend for the gospel. Help us to proclaim the gospel um, by your grace. Help us to maintain unity um, among the body um, for your sake. And uh, God, use us all. Use us all to do this work for your glory, your glory alone. Uh, Lord, we pray for 
those affected by the storms, we pray for um, the area that's now being hit through Hurricane Irma, Lord, that you would um, be a, a real in, in these situations, that you would show your presence and your uh, the reality of who you are and, and your grace and love in these situations. Uh, we pray especially for that tonight. Uh, we pray all this in your name. Amen. Thank you.